Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Coach T, and I know, I know life can get hard sometimes. Trust me, I know. But you have two choices. You can either continue to take the blows and dwell on the hardships of your past, or you can say enough is enough, and I'm ready to claim my future and reclaim my time. If you are ready to move forward with that new book, that business, that new business idea, or maybe even just some self-improvement, visit www.cu-nw.com now. And let's talk. Your new coach has arrived. So what is data? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Data is, it's the facts and the statistics collected together for reference or analytics. So everything, literally everything that we indulge ourselves in is surrounded by it. That's right, data. So my next guest is extremely good at taking these facts and connecting them respectfully. If you think it is a task juggling entrepreneurship and family, well, you're right. But find out how my next guest decided to put things into perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jacqueline Waller. Hey, Jacqueline, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's so good to hear from you. And thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, not a problem, man. Anything for inspiring the people and, and anything, all, all things perseverance. So um, let's go ahead and just dive right into this interview on today. Uh, what are some of the jobs that you had before choosing the profession of data? Um, I, well, I've been in data for about 17 uh, years. Uh, but um, I've worked in recruiting um, collections. I actually worked for a uh, collection, commercial collection agency. Mm. I've done that before as well. So it was interesting. It's kind of like around the same genre. <laughs> and I've also worked in, uh, worked for an investment publishing firm in my early 20s. Oh, okay. So no fast foods or nothing. It's kind of always been finance. No, I did fast food when I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, so let me, before we uh, go to the next, now, I heard that uh, collections is pretty, it's a pretty fierce job. I mean, is it that, is it that bad when you're calling somebody like, hey, you gotta get this paid? I don't know. I've never actually been a collector. So I work either in data or in sales. So when I worked for a commercial collection agency, I was, um, I was in sales. You was in sales. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you decide to go into that particular field? Um, opportunities to, uh, I don't know. It was just an opportunity to be able to get out of where I was at at the time. And, uh, I just thought it would be interesting and learn a new craft, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, in your thirties, you tried to figure out who was Jacqueline Waller, and could you explain how that came about, and what did you discover while finding yourself out a little more? Well, since I was in my twenties, I'd always wanted to have my own business. I just didn't really know what type of business I would create, 
So mm-hmm. I started, a friend of mine was part of Amway. And so I started an Amway business mm-hmm. and which was pretty amazing. I learned a lot about networking and recruiting and, and uh, just really learning about how to have your mind right. So Wow. Now, you know, and that's in the business field. Was there anything personal? Because I know, let me see. In my teenage years, of course, you kind of you kind of brand new at everything. You get grown and you're like, oh, you know, I'm an adult now. In your 20s, you kind of think you know it all. But then you start growing into yourself and becoming a woman. And in your 30s, it's like, nah, it has to be something else has to be done. I know. I think I know now more in concrete what it is that I want to do. So on the personal level, did you find out more about yourself as a woman, as a young woman? Uh, yeah, I found I was able to become more confident in who I was and mm-hmm. discovering like my passions and what I wanted to. I moved to Atlanta when I was 32 and really just had an opportunity to be able to explore and, and grow past my uh my life and when I was living in South Florida okay now what did it what is it that you think like what's one of the biggest things you think that um kind of messes with our confidence as women uh value how we feel about ourselves yeah maybe maybe because relationships or maybe because we're comparing ourselves to others um, that or just from childhood or whatever, you know, from, mm-hmm. th- from reference points that have happened to us in our lives. Uh, I think one of the other things with women is, um, a lot of times they talk about like wage gaps and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. a lot of times men are just better negotiators and they hold themselves at higher value and are not afraid to ask for a larger dollar amount. Wow. You know what? I'm I'm going to tell you something. Um a lot of the business women that I get on the show such as your, such as yourself um they always talk about how about the male side of things too. But I never really thought of it like that, but that's a good that's a good way to think about that. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they're just more bold with it. I don't know. They're more bold with it. Yeah. I was in a business meeting uh about a week or ago when I was down in Florida and Mm -hmm. it's with a friend of mine that he has run carnivals actually and Mm -hmm. I introduced I'm like a natural connector and I introduced him to um, a a lady that is looking for she was looking for a location on one of the Indian reservations and Mm -hmm. he said to her if I can get you that location, will you pay me $5,000? I was like, mm. oh, my gosh. Like, he just went out and asked for it. And I was <laughs> like, and she was like, yes. I If you can give me that location, I will pay you $5,000. Oh, my goodness. That she didn't easy, even huh? think about it. And I'm like, so I feel like a lot of times I'll put my reference points of where I'm at in life, and I put it on other people, and I limit myself from asking for greater things than what I personally believe is possible. And so then oh, I don't get wow. it. So he lit so she literally just gave him five thousand dollars for that connection. Well she said she would pay him, yeah, for sure. She didn't Goodness. give it to him right that day, but 
because he's got to he's got to secure the location first. Correct. Wow. You know, I I don't think I've ever would have done it that boldly. So right. I agree. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Man, he, he came out of just straight up say, I like it though. But hey. I like it. Um, could you explain to us how important data is, especially now? Um, well, understanding, I think, especially now, because everything in our lives is all data driven, right? Facebook, yes. uh, advertising, networking, um, just everything that we do is 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 completely data driven. And so it's really important to understand how these companies not you don't really have to understand exactly how these companies are utilizing your data but it's good to know and really understand how you should secure it or how decision making is like for example a lot of people don't know that a company called LexisNexis utilizes a clue report to help uh, that they that's what they look at for insurance companies will look at to see if you've had any past claims or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the things when, you know, when we were talking before, I just got to thinking about, cause I don't know when I come across the name data, my mind automatically starts going places. It probably shouldn't go mm-hmm. like trigonometry and all this hard stuff. But I got a chance to sit down and think about it. And, um, Everything pretty much is literally like it's about data. Yeah. Everything, everything that we do from the small things to the big things, the things we do in our leisure time to the things that we do in business. So I think it's very important, you know. Yep. And then consumers can go and pull a clue report. They just have to go to the Lexus Nexus website or or just Google clue report or bang it, or duck, duck, go it, or whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. a clue report, and then run that, and then you can see what companies are using to be able to make judgments based off you for, like, your insurance. Wow. For your car insurance, homeowner's insurance, stuff like that. So do they get, like, a detailed view of what they're looking at? Uh, yeah, like, any claims that you've ever had, or any claims that someone's had while living in your household as either you've had runner's insurance or homeowner's insurance or whatever. Okay. I hope y'all taking notes now. That's something to look at. (laughs) And it it still has to stay within the seven year period and it should drop off in seven years, just like any uh, consumer credit report under, Mm -hmm. under the SCRA guidelines. Yeah. Okay. Um, Now, why do you consider yourself to be the, Atlanta, well, the ATL connector, and could you give us an, an an example of how you made a connection, like one of your connection examples? Um, well, I am a natural connector, so just like I explained before with the one lady that um, uh, I figured they would be able to do some business together, and sure enough, they are doing some business together. But um, so that's one example. But I also used to host a um, weekly workshop through my company, Connecting Atlanta. We put on like 72 business workshops. We partnered with SCORE uh, Atlanta at the time and worked Mm -hmm. with them to bring in speakers and then also 
we would bring the audience in as well. And mm-hmm. the goal was with that to be able to help small business owners be able to get the right education and knowledge that they need to be able to build their businesses on a solid foundation. Okay, cool. Um, now you also dabble in stocks a little bit uh, with Stash in particular. Now, could you explain your experience with that? Sure. I mean, there's different ones out there at Stash or Robinhood uh, that are out there. But uh, my experience with Stash is I have, I just invest like 30 bucks every couple of weeks. And I've been doing this over the course of a year or so. And sometimes mm-hmm. if I want to buy something, I'll just go in and buy it, buy a stock one time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I've just, for me, slowly investing, I've been able to save money and also just buy stocks. And my portfolio is up about 27%. Yeah, and I think that's I think that stash is very it's pretty easy to use like for newbies like, you know, when I was first looking into it, it was very easy to use and so was Robinhood and Cash App too. They even have some pretty good options just so you can see how things work, how it could be up one day down the next and how you can get a ROI as well, so. Yeah. So, yeah. and I did that really more for myself to have fun with and play around with. And I don't ever invest more because it's me doing it, not my financial advisor. So I never invest more than what I'm willing to risk or lose. Mm-hmm. But I know with anything, if you do something over the course of long term, uh, you'll eventually win if you stay consistent cool. with it. Yes, I, absolutely. So to answer questions, there won't. It's, it's not like an overnight thing. You have to stick with it. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's what investments are. People got to stick with it and you will see some results if you invested in the right thing. So let's keep that in yeah. mind. <laughs> so what I like about you is that even though um, you are a businesswoman, one of your highlights was you came from a household that uh, where uh, your parents had divorced and you were a single woman as well. Um, but you still were able to start several businesses. Can you tell us um, a little bit more about that? And also, where do you pull your strength and motivation from? (laughs) Um, I mean, I, you know, so I did start several businesses. And uh, yes, I did come, my parents divorced when I was 10. And that was just really crazy. And Mm. uh probably created some insecurities uh mm-hmm. in my life in certain areas but um my mom from even though my mom may have gotten laid off or fired or whatever from a job my mom was mm-hmm. like a hustler where she would go out and she always had a cleaning business and she would always do yes. cleaning and stuff on the side and that was how she supported us or supported herself and then had roommates and everything to help cover her bills and uh, be able to just grow um, herself. And then my dad, uh, he wanted me to go to college and get a degree and all that stuff. But just that just <laughs> wasn't my thing. Like I did go to college for a little bit, but I was more, mm-hmm. I'm more interested in learning what I can just in real life, you know, and reading books and, and so forth. So uh, I have the strength of, having that hustle from my mom 
the tenacity and the power to be able to be strong and stand on my own from my mom, but also um, from my dad as well. And then my mm-hmm. source of power comes from my heavenly father, Jesus. Mm, yes, come on. <laughs> and so he's the one really that opens up the doors. Like when I had an opportunity to move here to Georgia, um, I had been wanting to leave Florida because I knew that in order for me to grow further than what I could, I had to leave the nest. You know, I had to leave that security blanket. I had to come here and struggle and just where I had nothing but God to be able to keep mm-hmm. me safe and secure. Mm-hmm. And so did that. And then it just, when it was ready for me to come, he just opened up every single door and it was just all so smooth. When I, to get here and to find a place and a place at the time where I had a, a pit bull and uh, that just, ex- that allowed pits in an apartment, which was unheard of to be able to come mm-hmm. in and live there. And uh, yeah. And so I had that opportunity to be able to just come here and just experience that. It was just amazing. And I've built a nice life here. Wow. And you know, I, I, I would, um, I was just talking to a friend of mine that actually, they did it in reverse. They actually moved from Atlanta, which I miss them. If y'all listen and I miss y'all, y'all need to come back, but they moved from Atlanta down to Florida and they were just telling me about the differences. Um, so I bet you that was a big change for you as well. Yeah. One of the things I, I, I and I'm happy that I grew up down there for sure. Um, one of the things I mm. love about South Florida, especially South Florida, where like Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, West Palm Beach, it's uh, it's very diverse. And mm. we have people from all different cultures, all different backgrounds. And whereas racism obviously exists everywhere, but I felt like we were shielded from it more because We just had friends that were of all different nationalities and we were just like, well, if you're a jerk, you're a jerk. If you're not, Hey, let's be friends, you know, in the neighborhood and stuff like that. And so we, you know, playing sports and just all hanging out together and, and stuff like that. So. All right. And another highlight that I really enjoyed about you is that um, you positioned yourself to be able to take care of your mom and family. So if anybody is out there listening that wants to do the same, you know, they want to do their business, but they also want to set their family up for success. What tasks are ahead of them and what rewards are ahead of them as well? Well, if you are, well, the reward obviously is, is having one of the biggest rewards was not having my mom in a nursing home even though she's fully disabled through all this craziness out here. Um, So that was, that was a huge blessing, but, um, but honestly it was God (laughs) really did it. Um, uh, Because when my mom had her first stroke and stuff like that, and she was partially disabled at the time, I'm the one that recognized it, recognized that she had her first stroke. She was at a rehab Mm. facility and they didn't even realize it. And I'm like, how do y'all, you guys are doctors. How do you guys not even recognize this? You guys are doctors and nurses. And mm-hmm. they, I made them get my mom a CT scan um, and an MRA, I think it is, um, be, to, that, to be able to recognize that she had that stroke. And then, so with that, and then I just, 
God opened up the door for my aunt and uncle who wanted to move back to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and I was like, all right, they're my dad's, my dad's brother and his sister-in-law. And mm-hmm. they wanted me back. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, we'll work it out to where you guys don't have to pay the full rent because they couldn't afford it. And, but you take care of my mom and just make sure she's good and stuff. So as they've lived there, my aunt saw my mom, she was coming out of the room and then recognized that my mom was having her second stroke and called 911. And then through all that have worked with the state and the city through Medicaid and Medicare. And they have to just make sure that they understand how the laws work in their specific state. So with Medicaid, it's a little bit different there in regards to the care in in comparison to Georgia. In Georgia, they can attach your house. And if you sell the house, then the state gets that. In Florida, Mm -hmm. I think, don't think that's the case. I mean, I'm not planning on selling the house anyways, but um, they, they don't attach the value of the house to the care for someone that's just basically like protected, but it's not like that here in Georgia. So yeah, it was just crazy. So, um, uh, so you just really understanding and kind of working through that. But if I can suggest anything to anybody is just become self-sufficient and don't rely on government healthcare because I was just happy to refax a Medicaid form today. I tried to fax it. Their fax machine was busy at a government office on a Saturday. They couldn't get it through. <laughs> so I just had to snail mail the form mm. and they can't do it on the website because there's an error on the website, but because it's the government, the government won't, they just, there's like, Oh, we don't have an IT department to fix anything. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? So, and, and because of COVID, you can't go into the office because they're closed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, whatever. <sighs> Yeah. And they can't do it for you over the phone. So I'm like, all right. So I I already brought the address. I wrote all that down when I went to UPS Center. And uh, and I was like, let me just go ahead and I'll just snail mail this out and just get it over and be done with it, you know? So, yes. You sound like me right there. <laughs> but really just if, if, if the best thing that anybody could ever do for themselves is to be so self-sufficient mm-hmm. that they don't have to requ- rely on the government to help them because once you get the government involved it's a bunch of bureaucracy and it's just hell i'm thankful that the opportunity is there and that you know we Mm -hmm. have a lady that comes three times a week uh to help my aunt out take care of her i also pay for someone but he's had covid so he has not been Mm -hmm. um and his husband just got detected with it yet as a yes and um so they have it, mm. and uh, so he hasn't been since then, but until it comes back as negative for him and his husband comes back as negative before he'll come back to my mom's. Yeah. So, Wow, that's a lot, man. But, you know, and when we take it back to her mom having a stroke, you know, everything else to the side right now, you guys, if y'all have somebody that you care about that is dealing with a hospital situation, health condition, hospice, even nursing home situation. It's important that you be 100%. Like, don't just... 100%. Yes. Like, don't just put everything off on the nurses and staff because 
they are humans too, and they see thousands of patients, but you being there can make the difference. It's always good to have somebody that you love and that cares for you by your side. I mean, think about it. If it's you, I'm telling y'all, I've been in the hospital before for major surgery. And after a while, that room gets lonely. I don't care about the TV being on. I don't care how many, how many times the nurses come in. When you have somebody there watching, it is beneficial in more ways than one. So Jacqueline, just thank you for being there for your mom. Like imagine if you weren't there, what could oh, have happened? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Hey, this is your girl, Coach T. Are you looking for a couple of new books to add to your reading collection this year? Why not check out my books, Fed Up, Change Up, and Changed Up, Now What? Visit www.cu-nw.com and get ready for some transparency and a good read. Support the movement. So I had left, I kept the Florida number from my mom for a specific landline. And so that was exactly what happened was she got, she had a fall or something. I still don't even really know. And she had a fall or something. Someone found her. It was a neighbor or something found her and she was in the hospital and her brother was in rehab and the rehab facility. And this is rehab for older. It's not like a drug rehab. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> uh, uh, she called me and I left the next day. And then my best friend uh, went to the, went back, to, went to the rehab facility where she was at uh, to make sure she was okay. And then I was there every day with her checking in every single day, even if I wasn't there the whole day, I'd go for like an hour, two hours, every single day. It was consistent. Um, they even said to me, Oh, you can't, you know, Oh, wow. You're here every day. And that's mm. great. And I'm like thinking, shouldn't kids be here every day with their parents? That was weird. Right. <laughs> right. So I was like, whatever. And so, uh, just work things out. And so that, so being down there, and then just really working things out for my mom. That's how I was able to detect her second stroke. And also when that started to happen, I went off on them. And I was like, how dare you guys? And, and, uh, and they were like, hold on. And, and my mom was a heavy drinker at one point, and which I think contributed to her stroke and stuff. But I remember when I was first there, I was asking them, I was like, hey, you know, my mom, is somewhat of a drinker do you guys do anything for helping with detox or anything like that so she doesn't get super sick right. and uh they just it was just kind of crazy and it's just stupid but uh after the first time i had a talking with them any other conversations we had they always made sure to pull me into an office because they knew <laughs> i'd have a tendency to get loud I was not playing when it came to my mom. And then she was there for like probably like 30 days or something, uh, rehabbing and getting better and stuff. And then we, uh, oh, and I think one of the other things is that when your parents do go to places like that is make, look up questions that you should be asking. That's one of the things I didn't do. And I kind of just, you know, went and they're like, do you, do you have any questions or, or you didn't ask this or you didn't ask that. I'm like, this is my first time I'm ever doing this. You guys are right. professionals. You should know what you should share with me and what you shouldn't. So they were saying that you should have asked certain questions? Well, because later on I came back and I was like, hey, how come you guys didn't tell me this? 
or that or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, you didn't ask or whatever. And I'm like thinking, you guys are the professionals here. Like, you know, I didn't know what to ask. It was like, it's the first time I've ever gone through this. Are you kidding me? So... So you're supposed to just go in there with the list. Yeah, yes. I would that's what I would recommend is something like that. It's just go mm. online and see what are some questions you just ask about the rehab or whatever the issue is that's wrong with the parents or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is is that when you're dealing with the hospitals, because I um did not want my mom to get any kind of especially after my mom's second stroke. They were asking, I had my mom's power of attorney, but hospitals are so big and there's so many different moving parts that not Mm -hmm. everybody knows. So I had said no to flu shots, no pneumonia shots, no shots. Like don't give my mom any vaccine. I walk in one day, it was like five o'clock. I just finished working and I walk in, it's five o'clock and I see needles up on top of the tray. And I was like, what are these for? And she's like, oh, that's a flu shot. I said, no, I already said to you guys, there's no flu shots. What, she's like, well, she can't talk for herself. I said, excuse me, I'm her power of attorney. Why? And I'm telling you no. And she just kind of looks at me like, but you got to be, you got to be stern with them. You got to, you got to just make sure that you just make sure that you're on top of everything and you're there checking on them, especially for stuff like that. Cause I'm like, my mom just had her second major stroke. She's messed up right now. And you're not about to inject my mom with anything. Where her body's already trying to fight. So I'm like, no, thank you. So those are just things you have to just make sure you watch out for. And just that's why it's important just to go and make sure you're on top of it and dealing with it. And I think the other thing I was blessed to be able to find, um, my mom had a really good doctor. And we have a great relationship with him. He's not like he likes helping my mom get off pills, you know? Good. So medications and stuff like that so he's not a push pill popper pill, pill right. pusher doctor he's not that kind of doctor and I'm just glad that I'm personally glad that you were there and that you were able to kind of let our listeners know what they can do if um lord forbid but if their loved one is faced with the situation you know where they have to be in a place like that just go in there with your list uh go in there with your eyes and ears open as power of attorney, you know, you have your rights, of course. And just as as the person there that loves them and cares for them, you know, just just be vigilant on what's going on. So and I got my power of attorney from Office Depot. What? Yeah, that's what I mean. I just ended up I found one that was um, really sufficient and just worked really well. And then what we did was is we went to the UPS store. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they power, they signed it for us. They witnessed it. They for notarized. Us. Yeah, they notarized it for us. Wow. And and so I just took with my mom there. I remember we were at the uh, rehab. We were at the rehab place, and they were like, "Well, you can't really take your mom." I said, "I'm taking my mom. I'm sorry, but we have business we got to take care of." And they were like, "Okay, hold on, hold on." I said, "So I'll be back tomorrow to get her." And they're like, "Well, you're not really allowed to." I said, "Look." I'm sorry, but you can't tell me what I can and can't do with my mom. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's when I took her. Um, and then they were like, okay, well, at least just please sign this. <laughs> you know, so I don't. Yeah. So I did. And that's when we got, we got the power of attorney. We got everything done. And I also did. This is another thing is that um, especially if you're an only child, 
they should do some type of quick claim deed if the house isn't in a trust or mm-hmm. something like that. So that way you don't have to go through any probate issues. And they should speak with an attorney, but just make sure you don't have to go through probate issues and anything, if, especially if your parents don't have a will. You got to just make sure you have that stuff in order before they become incapacitated to where you can't, they can't talk or anything anymore. If yeah. Were to happen because you just never know. Why? What was that? If they didn't have a will, um, just get, just make sure you have like a power of attorney or something like that. So this way, oh, a quick claim deed on the house. Okay. Yeah. Quick claim deed on the house. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. We have a couple more questions uh, for you, Jacqueline. But um, I wanted to know any final remarks on how someone could benefit from reaching out to your company and. And just the, you know, the connections that you have, things of that nature. Uh, well, they could always, I mean, I, I ha- know a lot of people here in the city. I don't, I don't really do a lot of that anymore. I focus more on the debt market space now as where I'm focusing more. I have a podcast called an in-debt discussion and that's how mm-hmm. we met. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, um, uh, and so that's what I focus on now. So if anybody's in the collections industry or if they work for a lending company and they work in the collections department or as a lender and they'd love to be on my podcast uh we're on all the major podcasting platforms just like you are and it's called an in-depth discussion but they can always reach out to me on facebook or linkedin so if they if they're here in the city in atlanta or uh in south florida and they need a connection with with something or help with something uh they can reach out to me i know people that can help everywhere Awesome. Now, uh, last but not least, I just think this question is uh, very important for those who are kind of stuck in between um, decisions. So what advice would you give to a single woman with a gift and a career path in mind? But because she's not married just yet, she doesn't feel complete. Like what advice would you give to somebody that's stuck right there? I would say, especially if they're a believer, Uh, I would say, you know, focus on, focus on what God wants for your life right now, because there's a lot of things that you can do as a single woman in creating your successes and going after your passions that you don't have to share your time with anyone else at this point. And this is a great opportunity for you to be able to um, build those gifts out. So that way, when you do finally get married, and if that is the path that it's God's will, then uh, it'll be more complete. And you'll feel, uh, because you'll have him as the center of your life, but you'll feel as a complete person and whole. Mm-hmm. And then they're just an added bonus to your life, not feeling any emptiness. I like that. I like it. So you don't have to necessarily be married to be enjoying it. You can be single and enjoying it too, but whatever, that life is too short. And so... Whatever you have in mind, let's get it done, y'all. Well, Jacqueline, it has been real talking to you. I enjoyed every question, every answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before you get out of here, we have a part of the show called the lightning round, where you're just going to answer a few quick questions. These are quick answers. You ready? Okay. All right, they're straight off the dome. Short answers. First celebrity crush. Um. Oh my God, what the heck is his name? <laughs> oh my God, he was a karate guy back in the eighties. 
don't, I don't know. We'll just say Tom Cruise. I'll make it easy. Okay, Tom Cruise. Um, favorite junk food? Chips and queso. All right, dream car? Porsche Carrera 911 Twin Turbo, dual exhaust, white. Ooh. Dainty girl or sweatpants? Sweatpants. Uh, favorite ice cream? It is cookies and cream. At what age do you want to retire? Today. <laughs> if you if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you be? Right here on my bed with my dog where I'm at. Super strength. Intuition. Or vision. Intuition. Vision. vision. <laughs> All right. And something funny that your dog did. She uh, beats me up when she needs to go outside. <laughs> and one word to describe life right now glorious glorious i love it well you did it thank you for the interview the lightning round i want to just um thank all of the listeners for coming out that does it for this episode of changed up now what we'll see you back next week with more inspiration all right an amazing story for sure. I really enjoyed chatting it up with my girl, Jay Waller. Man, you know, as she was speaking, um, I couldn't help but to think about our families as a whole, you know, uh, my family, your family, my mother, you know, things of that nature. And I just thought about as busy as we get, as entrepreneurs, we still have to remember what's truly important and what is also truly irreplaceable in our lives. So it doesn't matter what our professions are at the beginning of the day. We have to look at all of the data, which is what life gives you, and connect those gaps. So um, I'm going to link her website down below as far as how you can reach her. Um, she's on pod page at an in-depth discussion. Okay, but don't worry. I'll link all that below. And um, yeah, man, make sure y'all get plugged in. All right. Now, as for me, and to keep up with my movement, make sure you visit www.cu-nw.com. All right, and that's to keep up with what we're doing on this side. And remember, when you are truly fed up, oh, you're going to change up. But after you've changed up, then what? I'll see you next week for more inspiration.